0: Witness News. Be there as it happens. City News.
1: 1730 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sander Amadou. Tonight I'm here with
2: Nashika Caesar.
1: And coming up over the next 90 minutes.
3: I want to assure him and all of you that Akuta Mining is not engaged in any illegal mining anywhere in Ghana as we speak.
1: President Akufado clears Chairman Wuntumi's Akunta Mining Company of allegations that it is engaged in illegal mining. Where does that leave the special prosecutors investigations into the matter? Also coming up, national service scheme suspends its national is Ashanti Regional Director who was caught on tape abusing a nurse at the Minchia Government Hospital in Kumasi in November last year. But the nurses want more.
4: Are you running? We are not happy with the outcome, but however we accept the decision which has been taken by NSS, and uh, we believe that he's not going to work directly with us and uh, with
1: Alam. And later on Eyewitness News, we take you to the western region, uh the community known as Dabuasi, where the Ghana Water Company has its treatment plant. There seem to be some challenges there that is affecting water supply to the region. We'll be hearing from the company on what is causing the low levels of water and how residents should be reacting. Stay with 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business...
2: Despite recent drop in prices at the pumps, Institute of Energy Security, IES, projects cost of fuel to go up in the first quarter of the year.
1: That's in 50 minutes from the business desk of CTFM and City TV. Eyewitness News is interactive do send us your messages on WhatsApp, 0549-986-996. You can also send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Alternatively, go on Facebook where we are live and drop your comments on the live feed as you watch so we know what you make of the stories we are bringing you. We are live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations. In the western region, we are on Premier 100.5 FM in Takradi, Sky Power 93.5 FM also in Takradi, as well as Beach. 105.5 FM, also in Takradi. In the Bono region, we are on Greener, 95.9 FM in And If you go to the Ashanti region, Alpha Radio, 104.9 FM in Kumasi. And Orange, 107.9 FM, also in Kumasi, uh, bringing you this broadcast. In the Volta region, we are live on Global, 105.1 FM in Ho and also on Adanu 107.7 FM in Adakluwaya. In the northern region, Eyewitness News is broadcasting via Diamond 93.7 FM in Tamale, as well as in the upper west region on Westlink 88.1 FM in Laura. Upper east, we are on Source 100.5 FM in Boko, and in the Vice President's home region of northeast, we are on SCAP 101.3 FM in Nakbanduri. Eyewitness news is effectively airborne from number eleven Doctor Martin Loop in Accra. My name is Umaru Sandamadu here with Nashika Cizar, who's gonna tell us a story that may shock you a bit. Nashika.
2: Right. President Okuforda has mounted a spirited defense against allegations that a mining company is engaged in illegal mining. And Okuforda says allegations that a company is engaged in galamsey is untrue and must be ignored. Speaking at the 28th National Union of Ghana Catholic Priest Conference in Koforidia in the Eastern Region, President Okuforda says government is not re engaging on its fight against illegal mining.
3: Before I take my seat, let me respond briefly to the chairperson on the issue of illegal mining. I want to assure him and all of you that ACOTA mining is not engaged in any illegal mining anywhere in Ghana as we speak. Further. The Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has, through the agency of the Forestry Commission, with the assistance of the military, made the effort to cordon off all 294 sites of forest reserves in the country and rid them of illegal mining as we speak. We will continue to work to ensure that this situation remains permanent. This government is determined to win the fight against Kalamse, no matter the cost in effort.
2: That was President Ikufado there.
1: This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And the first time we had an official statement on Akuntam Mine, a company believed to be owned by the MPP's Ashanti Regional Chairman, Chairman Wuntumi, was in September last year when the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and MP for Damongo, the Honourable Samuel Abdullah Ginapur, wrote a letter, or issued a statement rather, on Akunta Mine. And in that statement, I'm going to just read it for you before we get reactions to this story, because as recently as last night on Point Blank, I was with Engineer um, Kenashigbe on Eyewitness News discussing this issue of Akunta Mine, they had written a letter to the Inspector General of Police asking for action on Akunta Mine. Less than 24 hours on, the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of Ghana, the President of the Land, spoke in the Eastern Region at which venue. He made a statement that Akunta Mine is not engaging in illegal mining activities. Let me read for you a statement issued by Samuel Abdullah Jinapo. Uh, the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, his ministry that is, on 30th September 2022, he says, Minister directs Forestry Commission to halt Akunta Mining Limited operations in the Tano-Nimri Forest Reserve. The attention of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources has been drawn to publications about certain operations by Akunta Mining Limited in the Tano-Nimri Forest Reserve in the Amemfi West municipality in the western region. Records available to the Ministry shows that while Akunta Mining Limited has a mining lease to undertake mining operations in some parts of Samreboi outside the Forest Reserve, the company has no mineral rights to undertake any mining operations in the Tanonimri Forest Reserve. Our records show that Akunta Mining Limited, on 25 August 2022, applied for a mining lease to undertake mining operations in the said Forest Reserve by a ministerial directive all reconnaissance, prospecting, and all exploratory activities in forest reserves in the country are suspended, except in exceptional circumstances. Although this directive does not affect mining in forest reserves, a counter Mining Limited application has not been determined. Accordingly, any alleged activity being undertaken by the company in the forest reserve is illegal. The Honourable Minister for Lands and Natural Resources has, therefore, directed the Forestry Commission to forthwith ensure that the campaign does not carry out any operation in the forest and to take the necessary action against any person found culpable in this matter. The Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources remains committed to the fight against illegal mining with integrity and transparency and assures the general public that it will continue to work with the relevant agencies and all stakeholders to come to grips with this age-old galamsey menace. So that's a statement issued by the Public Affairs on Public Relations Unit of the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources on 30th September 2022. Today, 4th January 2023, the President Nana Adodam Kwakufados spoke. I just wanted to hear this again briefly.
3: I want to assure him and all of you that Alkota Mining is not engaged in any illegal mining anywhere in Ghana as we speak. Engineer
1: Ken Ashigbe is a convener of the media coalition against illegal mining. Ken, you, well, Doc, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
5: Somebody can take Ken is fine. Thank, Thank you. you very much.
1: Now, I have just read a statement issued in September by the Minister for Lands. I have just played a voice by the Minister's <laughs> boss, the President. Is it me, or this appears to be the President saying that the company really has no questions to answer? Because I was going to go a step further to even rem- tell my listeners that the special prosecutor has begun investigations into Akunta mine. So please help us, you know, put all the pieces together and make sense of this story. Considering that just last night you were on radio begging the IGP to go and continue with investigations into activities of Akunta mine.
5: Thank you very much, Jamal. And so this was the president. So when he refers to the, the chairman, that, this is he referring to me. I was the chairman of the occasion. So when I had to do my uh, give my uh, opening remarks to chairman, in my closing, I said I would not miss the opportunity of having the president there with the bishops, uh, the Catholic bishops also there, because the bishops' conference had agreed with us, the media coalition and other partners, to uh, rein in uh, the directors of our mining for the illegal mining. Uh, it was based on, uh, you know, the, the the statement you succinctly read, and then also some uh, media work that had been done, and then some reporters that had been in the media about the clash, if you remember, between the contact mining uh, workers and the people of Samarboa, where they prevented a mining from entering the forest to do, uh, uh, you know, this illegal money. And, uh, Sanda, also after the, uh, the ministry issued that statement, the Minerals Commission, which is the independent regulatory body responsible for issuing licenses, also collaborated, uh, the statement made by, uh, the, 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 ministry. And so, and uh, the, the other interesting part is that, uh, we know that the special prosecutor is going to investigate these issues. Well, I've again listened to the president. So what he says that Akunta Mining is not involved in any illegal mining as we speak. The president might be right because maybe Akunta Mining had left the Tanomimri Forest Reserve. But the question we should be asking the president is that was Akunta Mining in the forest reserves sometime last year? And we know crime has no time bar. So that I am, I was not say when I asked the president, I was not saying to him that Akunta Mining were involved in uh, illegal mining as we speak. Uh, I would also give the president the benefit of doubt uh, that maybe he being uh, commander-in-chief might have some information. Then he better share that evidence with us, because we also have evidence to the contrary that in uh, last year, in 2022, our contact mining were in the forest a mining, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whether mining or prospecting illegally, because they do not have a license, and so that has been corroborated you know, by the minister and the, 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 the Minerals Commission. So definitely there was an illegality, uh, in 2022. I am not saying that an illegality as we speak. So when the president is talking about as we speak, I don't know that. And then my, for me, my difficulty is that what does that have, what does that do? You know, to the investigation that the special prosecutor is, you know, embarking upon. You know, and so that, that for me is the, uh, the difficulty. And I'm sure from the staying committee, um, the, let, the petition we sent to the IDP, and I just noticed yesterday that we had inadvertently put January 3rd, 2022, supposed to be 2023. Uh, we had copied the, the president. We are yet to deliver the, the, copy to the president and other people. We are definitely going to deliver that letter to the president. And I'm sure we would also be asking the president if you have any evidence to the contrary you say that Akwotamaini anyway, were not in that forest reserve last year and not as we speak. It would be good that he pointed it out to us so that all of us together you know, can fight to ensure that we eradicate the conquer that the faces as, as we speak.
1: So it is a view then that there's a possibility that we are misunderstanding the President's comment, and that maybe when he uses the phrase as we speak, he is referencing today, fourth January 2023, 14th. and that it means akunta mining is not, but it is possible that akunta mining was.
5: Yes, I, I, son, I think that you know because I was sitting there, and he said it, and um, now I'm going to listen to it again. And I remember one of the the priests saying that he listened to the context you were saying. You are saying actually maybe that might be what it is, but the President, it will be good to play my voice, because I I refer to what had happened, that the Catholic Bishops' Conference had also made a representation on the fact that a Mining Limited was involved in an illegal, uh, an illegal operation, as said by the Minister in the, in the uh, September press release, and collaborated by the Minerals Commission in the October press release of uh, the Minerals Commission. So what we are referring to is not as we speak, which is The fourth of January, twenty twenty-three, were referring to activities that took place in twenty twenty-two.
1: Interesting. So you do not think that this will prejudice the investigation you are asking the IGP to conduct in any way, and also it will not affect the OSP's work.
5: I I can't say I do not. I I hope not. I I really hope not. And uh, if you ask me, I I would have wished that had not been said. But I hope that you know the. The IDP will be listening to the president and the president saying as we speak. And the OSP will also be listening to the president say, as we speak. They should go back and investigate the activities that happened in 2022 so far as Akunta Mining were concerned. They should go back and look at what uh, the police were there to separate the people of San and the, the workers of uh, Akunta Mining. When Akunta Mining wanted to enter into the forest, were they going to the forest to go and pick snails? Or what? What were they going to have us from? Uh, some help? Definitely, they are involved in mining. That's what they had gone in there, either prospecting or going to mine itself. That is an illegality because they did not have the license uh, to be able to do that. So it will be important that the OSP continues with this work. We are expecting that the IDP will invite us and let us discuss, you know, that crime kind that of happened, and the IDP will go ahead and make sure that they do an investigation. And our call. Basically, was an arrest of the 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 the, the officials of Akuta Mining and an investigation. We are not even saying that you know uh, you know they should go ahead and then uh, jail them. What we're saying is that they should they, they, we should definitely really go through the, the the process of the law because there was ample evidence based on the the, the and we believe that. The minister would not have issued that statement, you know, out of jest. It would definitely be based on, uh, you know, some, investigation, some preliminary investigations that they have done. Bear in mind, the minister is a lawyer as well, and so he would not just have issued that. And also, uh, you know, there's an independent regulator. Regulators are supposed to be independent of policymakers, independent of we uh, consumers and, uh, you know, and citizens. And so the independent uh, uh, regulator, which is the Minerals Commission, also then came out and issued a statement. And then we also have other evidence to show that our compound mining were actually in, the, in that forest. And I'm giving you an example of the class that happened between them and the people of uh, uh, Samaboy. And so definitely our hope is that the OSP and the IGP would go back and look at the 2022 incident that happened, not as we speak.
1: Very well, let's leave it here for now. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you. That's uh, engineer Dr. Ken Ashigbe, he's convener of the Media Coalition Against Illegal Mining, also known as GALAMC. A number of you texting and sending us messages in reaction to what the president has said. And, um, okay, this one from um, Isaku. Says, uh, granted that Akunta Mining is now not engaging in illegal mining, should the president be the one mounting this defense? Okay, um number of your messages that are coming through. Let me just go to the message pane and uh, read those ones that are coming through. Heberto Insomanya says, President Akufado is really a huge problem uh, for this country. He's still clearing agents. Wow, the future is pregnant. Jones Adoboy in La says, good evening, Omaru. This president um, is not ready to fight corruption even before the SP starts investigating the Galamsey Kimping. The Asante Regional Chairman of MPP has been cleared of any wrongdoing. I just pity this fine guy called Special Prosecutor PCK Tete. Says what's wrong with the president? Um, how has he come to clear Kunta Mining? He is undoubtedly the worst president ever. Chai. More messages. Um, okay. I'll take of more of your messages. Let me go to Facebook, where you are also watching us and dropping messages in relation to what your reaction to our big stories are. And um I'll do that when I come back from this break. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash city 97.3. Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash city 973. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash ct 973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News.
1: You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. We are also around the globe on City Newsroom. Dot com. A uh, number of you sending messages on the president's comment on Akonta Mine. And for purposes of clarity, let's hear what the president has been sp- saying when he spoke in the eastern region today. Um, the president was meeting with uh, religious leaders, at which meeting he made a comment on Akonta Mine, uh, that mining company uh, which has... Um, the MPP regional chairman for Ashanti being a shareholder we are told or is it a director let's hear what the president said and then get
3: some more of your messages Before I take my seat let me respond briefly to the chairperson on the issue of illegal mining I want to assure him and all of you that Akuta mining is not engaged in any illegal mining Anywhere in Ghana as we speak. So that's President
1: Akufado speaking at the 28th National Union of Ghana Catholic Press Conference in Kofrida in the eastern region. Habib Bantu sends a message on our Facebook stream and says, I thought the name and term clearing agent present was a thing of the past, not knowing Mr. President will clear a Mining." The chief galamcius in Ghana. Wuntumi himself knows his chief... Um, okay, I can't continue with that. Audumusa Musa says, This man does not care whether corruption flourishes and becomes a social intervention or not in his government. McCarthy Christopher says, When Captain Smart said the president... I cannot continue with that either. F.O. Gofi Kennedy says, The mother serpent of corruption has just exonerated Wuntumi, the chief clearing agent. Ninchema Gafaru says... Uh, and a message from Boku says, Not surprised the president of Ghana is saying this, and how can we fight against illegal mining? May Allah save our motherland Ghana. Andrea Tubiga says, The Akunta mining case is in court. Now that the president has emphatically cleared them, what will be the outcome of the case? Um, Mr. Clearing agent has done it again. That's Abu Godwin Cameo sending a message. Um, Gershin also says, No, kufado." Um, Aliu Isa says, this is so bad to defend him by all means, Mr. President. That's a message. Ambrose, okay, so those are messages that are coming through on this particular discussion. Eyewitness News is coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra. Let's move on to another story. You recall that last year uh, there was a viral audio um, involving the Ashanti Regional Director of the National Service Scheme. That audio was of him allegedly um, verbally assaulting a nurse at the Mentional Government Hospital in Kumasi. The story is that he had arrived in the hospital with his daughter, who is a doctor, and he read insults and other unprintable words on the nurse. The parts that are printable, we have put them together. We want you to listen in case you didn't hear, or to refresh your memory. Respectful. Daddy. Learn to
3: respect respectful. I respect. O- what you what is what was you today? I'm saying I I say to that
5: her. when What's I watched reading, she said not for me for next. That's all. That is. Are you, are you are you a improper? What kind of behaviour is that? That's why I asked you. What, what did you
3: do in secondary school?
5: I did science. Suspected,
3: Very frustrated. I, I could have brought my daughter from mm-hmm. I mean, uh, November. With what you that? uh, no no
5: no no. I said,
3: to was going to
2: say, I was
3: going to say, I was
6: going to say, I was going to say, I was going
7: to
3: say, I was going to I run away from the
5: in what reason? What kind of behavior is
3: that? I don't
5: know. I Did not know. I don't You see I can't routine. You see And you talk to her. What
6: kind of behavior is
3: that?
6: You that what
3: she told you. You have executed, epi- you h- hå- b- have executed, you
5: have
3: executed you have. You told me I for what
5: reason? Because you are F- empty F- a- yep. F- so F- For what reason? I for what reason? am you? i
6: not a I'm uh, no, no, not not b- i I'm
5: not b- saying. I'm b- I'm i not i not I'm not I'm I'm who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? you? Who are you? Who are you? do are you? Who are you? Who you? Who
3: Question you? you? are you? Who you? are told her. you? you? Who you? are you? you? are you? Who are you? you? you?
1: So the person you are hearing in that audio, the male voice, is that of Alex Opoku Mensa. He was until, maybe this week, the Ashanti Regional Director. Actually, he still is the Ashanti Regional Director of the National Service Scheme, but he's on suspension. He was speaking there to a nurse at the Meshia Government Hospital. We are told this happened in the presence of his daughter, who is a doctor, and it is the reason that he was involved in this whole uh, verbal um, fisticuffs with the nursing officer. Today, the National Service Scheme has suspended him for two months. The reason is that a committee was set up to investigate his conduct, and that committee returned a verdict. Ambrose Nsiwad, Jr., is the Volta Regional Director of the National Service Scheme. He is also a secretary to the committee that was set up to investigate the matter. Mr. Nchiwajina, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, my brother. So you worked for, what, two weeks or is it one month, that committee that was set up? We recall that in November, a committee was set up. How long did you work for?
8: Uh, Two weeks. We were actually given one month. We were supposed to work within one month. So we sat through two weeks continuously to be sure that we completed our work.
1: So during time. this period, you, you spoke to, I believe, Alex Opoko Did you get to speak to the nursing officer? Did you speak to everybody involved?
8: Exactly. Everybody who mattered was spoken to. In fact, we spoke to uh, my colleague, the original director in Accra, and um, one other witness, he came a long way. Then we moved to Kumasi, where we met the rest of the, the parties concerned and the witnesses. We spoke to hospital authorities. We spoke to the nurse concerned. We spoke to um, other people who were mentioned as witnesses. So uh, we spent a full day in Kumasi and came the following day and continued our work.
1: So what were the findings, the ones you can share with us?
8: Well, I don't have the report with me um at the moment but I could offered mention that. Uh you know, there were there were some rumors that the doctor in question, that's uh daughter who is the medical officer, had prescribed some wrong medication. That is not true. There was nothing like that. Um what well, actually what happened was that she had prescribed a medication, but unfortunately that could not be gotten from the pharmacy. So According to the information we had, the findings, were, the findings were that the nurse had actually called her to come and change the medication because they could not access that from the hospital pharmacy. So that is where the misunderstanding came from, and um, the, the give and take came up. Now, there is one other issue that we also found out. that They said uh, Mr. Bokuminsa went to the hospital with his daughter." That is also not true. And uh, the daughter had actually taken the lead to the hospital to see if she could talk to the nurse and then possibly if there was any misconduct she would report to the authorities. It was at the point that when she had a confrontation with the nurse, then she reported the matter to the father before the father came. So uh, there was nothing like Mr. Bookman said driving to the hospital with his daughter, that that, that aspect is also not true. So uh, those were the major things that we found out that were not true. but. Of course, there were some misunderstandings between the nurse and then Mr. Pokumens the daughter, who is the medical officer. So then again, we also found out that some of the senior officers were not around, so there was no- nobody to, to report the matter to, and that is why the matter got to where it got to. So those, those were some of the findings.
1: I see. What was the defense of Mr. Pokumens?
8: Well, I think it's a matter of um, defending the daughter, um, if you heard the audio you just played, he uh, had mentioned that uh, for, for him, from the point, his point of view, the nurse envied the, the daughter, who is a medical officer, and the nurse had been rude to her. So it was based on what the daughter said to the father. So it's a purely a matter of a father defending his daughter. That, that's it.
1: So that, that was his position. But did he agree that he acted um, in an unprofessional manner?
8: You would agree with me that if you had played the full audio, you would have heard a, a, point, a part where he indicated that he is not director of national service. Ordinarily, the scheme wouldn't have stepped in. But for the mention of the national service scheme, they were roped rubbed into the scheme. And that is why the scheme had to set up the committee to investigate whether or not there will be any breach in terms of the code of conduct of the scheme and any other related code of conduct. And that is what formed the basis for the committee's terms of reference to ensure that the writing was done. So looking at all these small committee sets and then went through them, listened to the audio a number of times, and then came to the findings and then the conclusions, based upon which the committee made the final recommendations to adopt it.
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, the, the question is, did he admit that what he did was wrong? Did he admit to having erred in his conduct, whether or not he did it for
8: uh, him? Exactly, of- exactly. You know, even before the committee was set up, he had issued a public apology. Uh, that that appeared in I think page forty four of the daily graphic, I think, of thirtieth november the November or so. I've forgotten the exact dates. It was it was a public uh, apology on his Facebook wall. It was published in the newspapers. Then that was an admission. And the, when the committee sat, uh, the audio was played to him to as a thing, whether or not that was his voice, and he admitted that was his voice before any other thing could be could be done. So the, he also was very remorseful and then accepted that, yes, he had done what he did and that it was
1: not right.
8: the right thing to do at that time.
1: Did your committee talk to the nurse involved?
8: Yeah, sure, we did. We, we spoke to the nurse. As I said, we went did, to Did you find the
1: her, doctor. did you find her to have done anything wrong in that exchange?
8: Um, we, we had a written, uh, report or written statement from the nurse involved. Um, looking at the statement, that's what I'm saying that some of the things that have gone out indicated that she had actually said that the nurse, the doctor had uh, given a wrong prescription upon which she was also acting, but I'm saying that aspect was not true. So for us, we did not see that. But there were other issues with regard to the administrative structure of the of the hospital itself, which the committee made very good recommendations in terms of how those structures should be looked at by the Ministry of Health. Those ones are beyond national service and also beyond the committee.
1: Mm. So, so I'm saying that specifically, you did not find any of the conducts of the nurse offensive. So, essentially, no, the nurse not, not
8: really. Mm. You, it's you listened again to the tape clearly. You the nurse did not even insult.
1: Yes. The, uh, so that's right I just that. wanted to get that established. No, yeah, sure. that's okay.
8: okay. the point. i now. think that if so you I started by saying that we have listened to the tape over and over again. Okay. And we we're going to get some findings based upon which we also get into the conclusion and okay. so, so I'm looking at your
1: your your conclusion. One, you said you are suspended for two calendar months without pay. 2. Yeah. After the suspension, you are to report to the head office to work under supervision. 3. Within 7 days upon receipt of this notice, you are also to issue an official apology to the National Service Scheme for bringing the name of the scheme into disrepute. Why are you not asking him to also apologize to the nurse and the nurses and the health officials and even the people who were in the hospital at the time he went to rain the verbal abuses on the nurse?
8: Yeah, so sure. I think the last bit that you, you came up with, he has done that one already. I referred you to a publication made, the telegraphic, uh, where he had already, you know, publicly issued an apology on his Facebook and all that. So that that had been done. We cannot ask him to do anything uh, repetitive. But for management of the National Service
4: Scheme,
8: uh, because the even his name had been brought into this report, then it was necessary for the committee to recommend that he should apologize to the scheme. As I said, if he had not mentioned, for instance, that he is the original director of national service, it could have probably been a father daughter issue on personal, personal matter. But the fact that he mentioned national service, and that is why. The committee felt that you should apologise to the scheme for having brought the scheme's name to the street. Because if you look at the code of conduct. But how was, about
1: how about yeah. the committee saying call up the lady that you abused and apologize to her directly? Has the committee said he should do that? No, Has he I done mean, that? You no,
8: know, the committee did not make such recommendations. Um, our terms of reference were quite clear. The the major one was to delve into the matter.
1: Okay. So I'm asking this because the nurses feel what you did is not satisfactory. They wanted him to be fired. Now you have suspended him for two months and you have also brought him to Accra, the national capital, you know, to put him under your, your wings. Would that really be described as a punishment in the strict sense of the word, removing him from the second biggest city to the main city of the country? That looks celebratory for some people who would say you should have punished him in other ways. For people who wanted you to fire him, you have promoted him, haven't you?
8: No, I don't think it's a promotion. Uh, First of all, let's get these things right. Um, Within the public service, there are ways to do things. Um, There are some offenses that warrant certain sanctions. Uh, As you may know, the members of the committee are well-versed in some of these things. We are two uh, professional lawyers on the committee, one from the Ministry of Education, one from the Ministry of Health, the chairperson from the Public Service Commission is a very experienced lady. We had one person from National Service Team, uh, that's the executive director. Then we had one person from the Ghana National Labor Commission. So uh, these are very, very experienced people in the public and civil service. So uh, they look at all matters, like I'm mentioning. So it is not just as if. Because somebody said sack him, then you sack the person, it hasn't worked like that. You look at the offense. We look through the various sanctions that have been prescribed by by code of conduct or code of ethics and all that. So all these things were and not only not only the National of code of conduct, they also looked at the code the annual for public and civil servants by the public services commission. So all these things were taken into consideration. We look at the gravity of the offence. I'm not sure that anybody will just say that because the necessary sacking, then you should just go and sack him. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been the need for the committee to be set up in any way. So let's also say, and let me confirm that this matter also went to the board, National Service Board, which looked at the, the committee's recommendation, became satisfied and adopted, unanimously. mostly. So after looking at all these things, you could not just say that the man should be sacked. But there are sanctions which might be prescribed, and that is what has been done. And I think that um, I, I strongly believe that the nursing profession, the fraternity, will be okay with it. We will be satisfied with it.
1: And if they are not satisfied because earlier they had gone on strike, they had they been had waiting... They are on
8: strike because we had not done anything yet. And now they've they been, been waiting for
1: this action, and they yeah, said they are not happy with it. the outcome, and that should be no, it.
8: No, we would not have to jump the gun yet. You see, when they went on strike, we had not started sitting. Then we issued a statement from the scheme. I remember why I signed that statement, that the committee has been set up to look into the matter. Based on that, the nurses reviewed their strike action, went back to work. And then with the anticipation that the committee will come out with the plan And when we sat through with, with the, the nurses, um, the nursing professional, I mean the professional body, their leaders in Kumasi, we came to some conclusions because I, I will not be in the position to give exactly what we said at those meetings. I I, I will not be able to do that. But I can tell you that whenever the committee has arrived at at this time, to be satisfactory. So that's why I'm taking my time to explain to you okay. the processes. Then not, the, 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 the people, the caliber of people who, who sat on the committee. Somebody from Labour Commission, somebody from the Ministry of Health, somebody from the Ministry of Education. These are not uh, quote-unquote small boys and girls. Okay. These are not. They are very experienced. Because so I'm sure uh, they, they, they should respect the, the committee's
7: recommendation.
1: Now, the part of your statement, that the, the part of your letter that says he's going to come to Accra and work under supervision, yes. that means he's been effectively removed as the Ashanti Regional Director, correct?
8: Sure. That is the meaning. He's not going to see look at our statement and get back get to the last bit of the way we are talking about the need, the assurance we are giving to the public for leadership, the leadership and all that. The committee was of the view that the the uh conduct did not the someone who could be in that leadership position. You understand? So we should be not under leadership position at the head of this where is you going to work under somebody directly. at a, at a regional level you are the most, uh, I'm sure you understand the structure. Nobody not necessarily controlling you, but you are the boss, or you make decisions on behalf of the state in the region and you represent the original sorry, you represent the executive director in the region. But one you are brought to the head office, the committee was specific that you should be brought to work under supervision. That means somebody who would supervise you, who's going to work under somebody who would then supervise him and would not get the opportunity of going to Maybe you work at a place where you'll be on your own as a boss and determine, you know, policies and implement them. This time, somebody will have to give you an instruction, day to day. Maybe even when you go to every morning, you have to report to someone. But at the regional level, you don't do that. So uh, that is not, I repeat, it's not a promotion in guys no.
1: Okay. Thank you for the time tonight. Thank you for speaking to us. Most That's Ambrose Nchiwa Jr. He is the Volta Regional Director of the National Service Scheme and also Secretary to the Committee that was set up to investigate the Ashanti Regional NSS boss, Alex Opoku Mensah. The decision is that he has been suspended for two months, after which he will be transferred to Accra, where he will be working under supervision. The nurses, though, are not happy. Nashika.
2: The National Scheme Service Scheme has suspended the Ashanti Regional Director of the Scheme, Alex Opoku Mensah, for two more months. A committee of inquiry was tasked to probe Mr. Opoku Mensah, who verbally assaulted a nurse at the Mensha Government Hospital.
1: Indeed, Uh, let's hear now from the Ashanti Regional Vice Chair of the Ghana Registered Nurses Association, Philomen Edu Brempong. He spoke on the City Prime News this afternoon. With Wilma Obobisa
4: Coleman. As a union, we are not happy with the outcome, but however, we accept the decision which has been taken by NSF. And uh, we believe that he's not going to work directly with us. And uh, with Adam, talking about nurses and midwives, midwife. So uh, we are not happy, but we accept the decision from NSF's office.
2: Now, were you as an association invited during the investigations?
4: Yes. uh, We were there and that lady who was involved also was interviewed by the team who were doing that investigation. So, we were involved.
2: Now, um, how are they fearing the victim and the doctor?
4: Uh, I can talk about the nurse. Uh, When the incident happened, uh, we offered her psychological support. There was a psychologist who was attending to her. Uh, She has and started work, which will help her to integrate well and also to work effectively. So she is well by God's grace. And the family is also doing well because it affected her family as well, but we are all doing well.
2: Finally, and what's the relationship like between doctors and nurses following the incident?
4: Uh, let me say that before the incident and after the incident, Relationship between doctors and nurses have always been cordial and professional. So this was just one thing that happened and uh, the relationship will still continue to be professional. And we, are, we all belong to the health team and we all play our roles as health professionals and nurses will continue to be advocates for the patient.
1: So that is the Ashanti Regional Vice Chair of the Ghana Registered Nurses Association, Philomen. Edu uh, Brempong. He was speaking to my colleague Wilma Obobisa Coleman, who was anchoring the City Prime News this afternoon. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Stay with us when we come back. We'll tell you if you live in the Western region how and why you will not get water. Depends on which one matters. Stay with us.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
2: You're welcome back. Let's now do some other stories. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration has cautioned against traveling to China as COVID-19 cases spike in the country. In a travel alert, the Ministry said Ghanaians should not back on only essential trips until further notice. The statement also indicated that effective January 6, persons traveling from China to Ghana will have to produce a 48-hour negative PCR test and undergo mandatory antigen testing at a point of entry without any charge. Meanwhile, the Ghana Health Service, GHS, has announced that it is reviewing COVID-19 preventive measures due to soaring cases in China and other countries. According to the Ghana Health Service, the changes in the global situation, particularly in China, calls for the tightening and reviewing of existing measures to avert further outbreaks. Now the director of business operations with Dallas Finance, Joe Jackson, wants Guinean traders to see the Bank of Ghana and Forex rates as a guide. A section of the public has raised concerns over the difference between rates given by the Bank of Ghana for the dollar compared to banks and Forex bureaus. While the Bank of Ghana states of 8.8 CD 50 dollar 50 cities per dollar, traders complain some banks and forex bureaus are selling the dollar for 11 cities. But speaking to City News, Joe Jackson explains the difference in rates is not new. The
8: Bank of Ghana, the commercial banks, the forex bureaus, they've always had different rates because uh, their rates are, each bank has to say that based on how much dollar I have and how much mm. demand I have okay. this is how much I'm prepared to sell it or buy it for. Now, the bank, remember when the Bank of Ghana quotes a rate, it is quoting a rate for the previous day, not today. Okay. The Bank of Ghana is not sitting at uh, uh, any of our banks to tell you what the spot
0: rate at the day is.
2: Joe Jackson is the Director of Business Operations with Dalex Finance.
1: This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. There seems to be a problem with water provision by the Ghana Water Company Limited in the western region. Um, We are told that the Dabwasi plant is stressed. Engineer Mark Doe is the Chief Manager of the Ghana Water Company Limited in the western region. He joins us on the line. Engineer, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
9: Yeah, thank you, Mr.
1: What seems to be the problem with your Dabwasi plant again?
9: Uh, good evening to you and your listeners. Uh, what is happening now is we are not having enough inflow of the water that is the River Pra into the swamp where the abstraction takes place.
1: Where is the water going to? <laughs>
9: Well, the water is not gone anywhere, but what we are experiencing is a lot of silt as a result of, I'm not saying, we are not seeing the Galamse yet, but activities of Galamse have, have produced a lot of silt and have deposited around the intake of the plants. So it has made it such a way that the flow of water, the river course, flow in the other direction, and we are not having enough water into the sump where we have to abstract water for treatment.
1: So, again, it's a GALAMC issue?
9: Yeah, to to, the, to a large extent, yes, because the water is still turbid, uh, there is color in it, there is a lot of salt accumulated around the, the intake point. So, yes, that is the activities of the Dalamse.
1: How many people do you service, and what's happening to them?
9: Well, that plant, together with what we have at Inchaban, serves the uh, the whole of secondary and Takuradi. Was it, uh, the plant is about 27,000 cubic meters a day plant. But currently, we are doing... Uh, As we speak now, the dry season has set in, and we are doing just about half of that.
1: And is it the Uh, dry season that is to blame, or the the, 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 the silt?
9: Yeah, both. Uh, The water level, the river level has gone down. That has made the silt exposed. So we are not having enough water into the inflows of into the sump. The sump, where water is abstracted. Because of the surf accumulated around the place, there is a lot. Uh, there is water flowing in the river, but it is not enough to flow into the swamp as expected. So the dry season is also contributing uh, to the low level of the river Pra, and then the activities of the Galamsey upstream. You know, Galamse, uh, the Pra River comes from eastern region all the way to western region, and the Dabwasi plant is the last water treatment plant on the Pra River, so we are facing the brunt of all activities in the Pra. Remember, the Brim River also joined the Pra at some point, and Brim is also full of Galamsey activities. So Brim, together with Pra, they all come downstream. Uh, Dabwasi is located downstream of the Pra River before it flows into the sea.
3: What projections?
9: So
1: the, okay, so what projections I mean, are you going to make and then announce to the consumers? You are going to you've been servicing.
9: Yeah, for now, uh, w- what we, we have, we we are trying to, I mean, uh, desert the area, and then the 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 other one we have to do that is the last scale one to do the dredging. Uh, we are speaking to our head office, and then we will get that done as soon as possible and see if we can get enough water into the pump. We need a, uh, more water into the sump so that we can treat water for the people of secondary technology.
1: For the consumers, now, what should they be doing now?
9: Well, so for now, it has not gotten to a critical stage yet. We have uh, two pumps, two duty pumps and two standby pumps. The two duty pumps are working All right, but it's just that the volume of water that we need to be extracted is not enough. Very well. So, for now, we already have a water management program in the area. It's not everybody that gets water at the same time. So, we are managing with that. So, if we have not gotten to the critical point yet. All
1: right. Thank you. We pray you don't get to the critical point. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you very much. That's Engineer Mark Doe, he's Chief Manager of the Ghana Water Company Limited in the Western Region. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. When we come back, business news. And then on point blank, my guest is the National Union of Ghana Students. Um, the issue about school fees in universities, that's one, and we also talk about the University of Ghana's decision to move some students out of the Commonwealth Hall and the Sabah Hall and the reaction of the students. Please stay
0: Get into the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
2: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News powered by CityBusinessNews.com. My name is Nashika Siza. Let's settle for the details. The Institute of Energy Security, IES, says there are no uncertainties that the drop in fuel prices will be maintained. Fuel prices shot up astronomically in the third quarter of 2022, but that there have been marginal declines in the last part of December. The leading oil marketing company in Ghana, Goyle, has slashed the price of diesel by 1 CD50 pesos to sell now at 14 CDs per litre. Petrol, on the other hand, is going for 12 CD40 pesos per litre, representing a reduction of 1%. In an interview with City Business News, the Executive Director of the Institute of Energy Security, IES, Nana the Seventh, said the prices of petroleum products will go up if the city depreciates.
6: Well, the current price drop we are seeing at the pumps is uh, on the back of the drop in international prices we saw over the last two weeks and also the massive appreciation of the local currency against the U.S. dollar uh, from uh, mid-December of to end-December. As to whether the price drops are going to be sustained going into the first quarter or end of the first quarter, uh, one cannot easily tell because many variables go into that in detecting the direction of fewer price on the local market. International prices will have huge impact on us. As to whether international prices will bode well for consumers, it's another thing. We are waiting to see how the EU embargo against Russia will impact on oil supply and fuel supply. We are waiting to see what OPEC production levels will be.
2: That was the Executive Director of the Institute of Energy Security, Nana Amuesi. The seventh. Now, the Director of Business Operations at Daylight Finance, Joe Jackson, says the constant extension of government debt exchange program deadline will help create space for more stakeholder engagements. The government has so far postponed the deadline twice, with the latest being the 16th of January 2023. The postponement follow agitations from various groups over the policy. Speaking to City Business News, Mr Jackson expressed concern that the government must might be running out of time with finalizing the debt exchange program, which will come with dire consequences.
8: You have a figure that you have to attain to get to debt sustainability. Mm.
2: So as soon
8: as you, you took somebody out, somebody else has to come in. That's why, we, that's why there's now an attempt to bring in individuals. Now, individuals open a new kind uh, of worms. And you do have to consult. One of the things, they, 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 they hadn't engaged that much. It was all presented like, take it or leave it. In as much as we all say that we cannot afford not to have some sort of debt exchange program, and let me be clear here, if we don't have the program, the,
5: the alternative is there, is it before. Yet at the same time, you owe me money. You say you won't pay. You must have sit down with me and, as they say, jaw-jaw
8: or talk about it before all that is happening is that the jaw is taking a little bit more time than they expected. And they realize that because they don't have the force of law behind them, you have to persuade people to sign
7: up.
2: That was the Director of Business Operations with Dallas Finance, Joe Jackson. Moving on, economist Professor Lord Mensah is predicting a marginal depreciation of the local currency against the U.S. dollars in the first quarter of the year. He attributes this possibility to the structural drive of the of the demand for forex on trading markets. The Ghanaian city recorded a marginal appreciation in the last few days of December 2022 after experiencing a sharp depreciation in the previous month. Here is economist Professor Lord Mensah speaking on the projected trajectory of the city.
10: If you look at our exchange rate dynamics, uh, what we had September, October, which you may we had some speculative drive component in that escalation of the CBRD of the dollar. But then there's also a seasonal aspect that we cannot ignore, which is normally after Christmas that you know uh, inventories have been sold out by importers. They are you know, currencies or whatever they traded in these cities now and they may want to convert it to dollars to go and import from whatever they've been importing from. And so looking at this, we're looking at the first quarter that is from uh, January to somewhere in uh, March, April, there will be this kind of pressure on the demand for the dollar. And as a result of that, we're going to see a bit of depreciation. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of reduction or appreciation that we witnessed yes. just at the wrap-up, wrap-up of the uh, Christmas, uh, getting to the end of the year, was a correction of the speculative drive. And now that the speculative drive has, you know, toned down and we have the structural drive, the seasonal effect will kick in. And that's why I said that the seasonal effect will, will make the dollar appreciated in the city, but it won't be like what we had earlier.
2: That was economist Professor Lord Mensah. And that's all for City Business News and Eyewitness News, which was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika siza Up next is Point Blank.
0: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3 Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973 And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 With the hashtag Eyewitness News Eyewitness News, be there as it happens
1: This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandama. Tonight on Point Blank, I have the president of the National Union of Ghana Students, Nooks. But before I speak with them, let me go to the phone lines and speak to the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources and MP for Damongo, Honorable <laughs> uh, Samuel Abdullahi Jinapo. You're welcome to Point Blank on Eyewitness News. Eh?
9: Good evening, my good friend, and good evening to your cherished listeners.
1: I understand you are just touching down in Accra from Apiate, the site of that explosion some uh, years back, uh, to assess the... Uh, development of the community or the redevelopment of the community. What the accident that happened a year ago. What did you see? How, how is the development going?
8: Well, thank you very much. Um, as you know, we, uh, were confronted with this very tragic incident, uh, almost a year today, uh, specifically on January 20th when a vehicle carrying explosives, um, was involved in an accident which resulted in the, devastation of this community and also the loss of lives. Um, we've taken a gamut of measures, I mean, including literally um, reforming the entire health and safety regime of the mining industry. Uh, but one of the key things which we set out to do was to reconstruct this community, and not just reconstruct it, but reconstruct it into a modern, uh, environmentally friendly a uh, rural development in our country, which hopefully can become a model. And we've done a lot of work on it, as you know. We set up a support fund, uh, and I want to thank those who contributed to the fund. We also set up an implementation committee chaired by my deputy minister, Honorable Benito, CPO, with architects from AESL and other institutions. And they've been working, and I thought that uh, a year down the road, I should Go there myself to ascertain um, how far they've gone, and as you say, um, uh, my friend Sandra, it's it's gone very well. It's, the work done is considerable, given that it's just been a year, and the construction began just about six months ago. Uh, they are actually a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, about 124 housing units are under construction, ranging from one, two-bedroom units to seven-bedroom units. Um, the road network is being done by urban roads. Uh, the school block is being built from kindergarten to, to kindergarten to junior high school. A market is being built, and, and it's pretty impressive. And I I, I feel very good today. And um, I, I, we're going to work hard and make sure that uh, we meet our target of completing this community um, by end of this year, so we can move residents of the community, the displaced people. To their original habitat, and, and in an environment which which is far far modern modern and uh, upgraded than than it used to be. So yes, uh, it's been a lot of work done.
1: While you travelled west, the boss, the president, travelled east. He was in Koforidua today, and he made a statement that is um, appears to be running contrary to what you said to us in September about the activities of a mine. He said. Akunta mine is not engaging in illegal mining activities as he speaks. Um I know you are not with him you were not with him, but you would of course have the brief. Is the president saying that what you said at the time was wrong or there's fresh information that he shared with us?
8: <laughs> well, I've just been speaking to some of your colleagues in the media and if you permit me, in all humility and modesty, I, I am a bit perplexed and surprised as to the interpretations which have been put on the president's uh, statement. And and even from the rendition you have just given, I I find it very difficult to understand how anybody can suggest that that is at variance with what I said earlier. First of all, it is not at variance with what I said earlier. Secondly, the president was not commenting on my statement. Thirdly, the president was not, not commenting on what happened. Not at all. The president went to Koforidua to speak to the Ghana Diocesan Priest Association. The Association, Catholic priests—I mean, Ghana Catholic priests, Diocesan, Ghana Catholic Diocesan Priest Association—they had their they had their biennial conference in Koforidua, and when he went, they put a specific issue before him, which relates to Akonta Mining's activities, and the president, in responding gave them the assurance that as he speaks, counter mining was not engaged in any illegal mining activities in a forest reserve in Ghana. And I went further to say that, under his instruction, the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources had actually called on off the 294 forest reserves in our country and put in place measures to prevent them from attack from illegal mining activities. So, what the president was talking about was the state of affairs as of today, which is that Akontam Mining is not engaged in any illegal mining activities as of today. And then went further to give an account or a report of the state of affairs relating to our forest reserves as it relates to illegal mining activities. So, the president was not talking about whether Akontam Mining had been engaged in illegal mining in the past or they had not been engaged in illegal mining in the past. Or what happened in the past? He was responding to a specific issue about the state of our forest reserves vis-a-vis the activities of our counter-mining. He was giving that assurance that they are not involved in illegal mining activities as he spoke at the time. So how can that be said to be contradicting me or exaggerating our or coming to the conclusion that counter-mining had not been engaged in any wrongdoing? That was not the issue the president was speaking to.
1: Okay. What about issues of prejudice? If the special prosecutor is engaging in investigations, there's a petition that has been brought to the IGP to investigate this matter, and the president comes out to say what he said, you are the lawyer. It would not prejudice the work of these two investigators in any way, you think?
9: But he was
8: not speaking about the investigation, and he was not speaking about the activities of a mining in the past no if the president has said for example that counter mining has, has never been engaged in illegal mining activities or mining did not engage in illegal mining activities then the president you could say is making prejudicial statements but he's talking about the state of affairs today and in fact if the, the priest had not mentioned acon mining specifically and he had gone ahead to speak about the state of our reserves as they relate to illegal mining. The president would have responded without mentioning aquinta mining, without talking about aquinta mining. He would have gone ahead and made a statement that we have cordoned off our 295 forest reserves. we put in measures in place to uh, prevent any attack of these forest reserves by illegal miners. And that would have ended there. Okay. He mentioned aquinta mining because the priests, Mentioned it wasn't time, the I mean. priest. It was actually, it was actually no, the chairman.
1: Me... It was the chairman of the program, uh, who happens to be the convener of the media coalition against Galamsey and Kenashigbe. Yes. He was the one who actually made the comment and which comment the president responded to. No, 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 let me,
8: let me just, no, but uh, the point I'm making is that it was a, a comment made at this. Yes, I'm saying that. Yes, you kept
1: saying the priest yes. made. I'm just correcting well, you that that's fine. it was. I,
8: mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I yes. thank you for that. Mm yeah I think, so, so it's fine so so, so it's, it's understood now so finish, no. finish. Mm-hmm. finish. Uh, and now i'm not surprised that ken is uh, the one who made this point because i know he's very passionate about these things rightly so but the point i'm making to you is that the president was speaking about the state of affairs as it relates to our forces and as it relates to whether or not <clears throat> excuse me whether or not a mining is involved in legal mining activities in foresters. Today, he was giving the assurance that they are not. In other words, if, if there were any at all, I, assuming without admitting there were any at all, he can assure the gathering that as we speak today, there is no such illegal mining activities being perpetrated by mining or any other outfit for that matter.
1: Very well. We leave it here. Thank you so much for speaking to us.
8: Thank you, Sami. That's the Minister for
1: Lands and Natural Resources and MP for Damongo, the Honorable Samuel Abdullah Jinapo. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. <laughs> Let me move into Students' Affairs now. The National Union of Ghana Student Nooks, the President. <laughs> is Dennis Denis Apialabi Ampovo. Dennis, you're welcome to Point Blank.
11: Thank you very much, Umaru.
1: You also came in with your executive, the International Relations Secretary of Nooks Opon Checheku. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Let me start with President Nooks. President, um, this issue of school fees at the university level, what's the problem?
11: Thank you very much, Umaru. Um, first of all, I want to say a very big thank you to yourself and to Bernard uh, for the quick and permit. Um, effort to assist us in this regard. And the whole conversation about school fees increment for this year started when we visited the President on the 3rd of November last year, uh, when we had anticipated that there is a likelihood that fees would uh, likely skyrocket. So we had gone to the President to plead with him, to intervene and ensure that fees are not increased this year. As a matter of agency considering the economic Uh, situation in the country. Um, Fast forward, we went to meet the Parliamentary Select Committee on Education. We met the Ministry, we met all key stakeholders, hoping to press home what we believe was a very important intervention for students. Uh, On the 16th of November, we received information through JTEC that Parliament, after weighing the proposition from the universities and weighing our appeal, had settled on 15%. Initially, it wasn't something we were very happy about, but then, um, as a matter of negotiation and compromise, we decided that well, school fees had not been increased over two years, so, and this is below the inflation rate. Let's manage and work with it. Um, but then the problem came when we realized that when after an audit by our office, we realized that a lot of or some of our public investors had breached their fifteen percent set by Act Ten Eighty, the Fees and Charges Act by Parliament. And that was quite worrying, considering the fact that we thought we had compromised. So, the best that the investors could do for the students of this country is to understandably also be sensitive and just respect the law. But unfortunately for us, um, some uh, with justifications, some without justifications, came out to um, put out fees which were contrary to the 15%. That was when we decided that this is not something that we will allow fly. Not no no, not this year.
1: This fifteen percent you talk about. When was it approved? Because we are told Parliament has not approved any new fees and charges, or passed any fees and charges act
11: since twenty nineteen. So twenty nineteen was the last one. From then to date, this is the the only time it has been approved.
1: Where did this fifteen percent come from? Because Parliament approved five percent, didn't it?
11: It was in twenty nineteen. Parliament approved five percent.
1: So where did you come to? So this one
11: came this year from Jetek. That's the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission On elected date 16th December
1: So GTEC's letter Is what you are working yes. with So GTEC said universities could Now increase to 15%.
11: 15% And we spoke to Parliamentary Select Committee The chairman of the Parliamentary Select Committee Who confirmed it uh, Dr Clementa Park too also confirmed it mm. Via some other platforms So we had um, We had got it to the point where we Were on a compromise position To say okay we work with the fifteen. But it is unfortunately sad to see that the universities decide to breach. Mm. So quickly back to GTEC, that's the Ghana Share Education Commission. On a meeting on the 20th December, we had a meeting with them on the 20th of December, where we pressed home, uh, our concerns that uh, some institutions are going behind the uh, commission's approved rates. 22nd December, JTEC wrote again to the universities informing them that they do not have the power to unilaterally vary their said approval threshold by parliament. Then we had hoped that, oh, after JTEC had written to them, they would comply and then enforce the 15%. But um, we monitored the situation and realized that they were still not moving. So we wrote a petition. Uh, Our petition dated on the 28th of December. We wrote one to the Honourable Minister... For education, they wrote one to JTEC again, informing JTEC that are, um, directive their directive has not been complied with by their universities. Okay. We, 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 we stated or rehashed what our position was on the issue of the fee increment. Okay. Fast forward, uh, coming down, we observed that some institutions had um, complied or started moving to a position of legality um, a, a clear example is the University of Education Winibar. but even with that they were still not compliant with regards to their um, uh, residential user fee so you realize that the residential user fee from University of Education Winibar, was still in excess of the 15%
1: Okay. how bad was the situation like so when they were given clearance to charge up to 15% How high up did some of the universities go, and how has this affected students?
12: All right, thank you, um, Umaru. I'd like to give a warm greeting to all of our Ghanaian students. You see, the point is that when you look at the figures from some of the institutions, for instance, you look at University of Education whenever, the charges that they had been placed on students for academic fees alone, some of them were in excess of 54% of what they paid in the previous academic year.
1: Which universities can you
12: cite in this? I, in have, this I have given you um, University of Ghana. Hmm. This is, I have in my hand the fees for University of Ghana. Okay. This is analysis of increments for the 2022-2023 academic year. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at, I'll take a college that I have been to in the University of Ghana, the College of Basic and Applied Science. Mm-hmm. If you look at the College of Basic and Applied Science fees, for continuing students. All right. Uh, yes, continuing students. We have 1688 that fees for 2021-2022 academic year. Mm-hmm. Now when you look at the 2022-2023 academic year, they have 2288 for students who are continuing students for College of Science.
1: So it, the figure
12: moved from what and to that's, what? That moved from 1608, uh, 1,688 to 2,288, 35.5% increment. So that is one. This one. is for the University of Ghana alone. Mm-hmm. Umaru, but that, that, that's just a college.
11: Umaru, let me take you to Nkrumah University of Science and Technology mm-hmm. to help um, Alex on that one. If you take the residential facilities at, at Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, some rise up to uh, 75%. Such as which ones? Um, take Kunti. Mm-hmm. Kunti. Kunti is up to 75%. That's uh, Continental. The hall. Yes, whole residential. Okay. Then let me take you to um, College of Health and Allied Sciences, KNUST. Uh, continuing students paid 1,961 Ghana cities for last year. They said they are paying 4,023.65 Ghana cities, representing a 94%.
1: Did these stu- did these schools do this in error? You think,
11: or they tabulated and decided this was what they were going to charge? Uh, Umaru, you see, the, the challenges the challenge with our system is that most of our schools release their fees even before the parliamentary approval comes. Mm-hmm. So, a typical example. Let me take you to uh, Umat. Let me give you Umat. University
1: from. of Mines and Technology yeah, at Stakwa. Le, yes,
11: let me give you Umat. Mm-hmm. Good. So UMAT, you take UMAT, let me give you uh, one department. Electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. They released fees for two thousand and sixty-seven Ghana, Ghana, Ghana cities. Mm-hmm. The previous year was 1,431 Ghana cities. They released these fees before uh, admission, uh, the approval was out. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, what they ought to do is to backtrack and readjust and tell the students that what we brought was provisional this is the approved but unfortunately that does not happen especially for our first students our first students are now the ones who suffer more because they are pushed to pay under coercion why do i say you pay under coercion? you have to
1: pay to be admitted
11: if you don't pay you lose your admission it is mm. stated clearly in the letter mm. so whether it is 15 percent or not you must pay Mm. and that is the situation and even on the residential so I take you to um, uh, the University of Ghana where residential fees are also up to uh, 68% Mm -hmm. 78% and 48% And if you don't pay you lose the bed that is the designated there's
1: an argument that has been made school fees have not been increased since 2019 is it not reasonable that it goes as high as it has gone now
12: so Umaru the point is that in 2019 When fees were asked to be raised by 5%, the fees were rightly so raised by 5%. When you look at the fees for University of Ghana, Mm -hmm. in 2018-2019 academic year, College of Science again, it was 1,605. 1,605. It was 2019. Yes, Mm -hmm. 2018-19 academic year. Mm -hmm. And it was rightly raised in the 2019-2020 academic year by the same 5% that was approved by Parliament. Mm -hmm. And so it would beat my imagination to think that once Parliament approved fee, charge, um, fee, fee increments for an academic year, it was raised. And now Parliament approves another rate for a different academic year. And we are saying that we have come... Two academic years without an increase, and so we are not going to go by the approved rates by parliament. They're but rather set our own but the problem
1: is that parliament hasn't done a new act, we are still working with the 2019 mm-hmm. one, no, isn't there?
11: There is not Umaru. theres a new fees and charges act 2022 it's pa- called Act 1080. Pass passed when by parliament when this year last before party. they went on yes, break, yes, yes,
1: And that one is the one that I recommended yes, the, absolutely. the
11: shadows, everything is ready, Umaru. And on the issue of we've not increased fees for some time. Umaru, you see, that's why laws are made. Parliament is the approval of power. Mm. An administrative body such as the University of Ghana has no mandate or has no right to unilaterally vary an, a provision of parliament without recourse to parliament. That is, that is illegal. That is wrong. So what we have been consistently saying... And I look at the University of Ghana statement on the 2nd of June. Yes,
1: they said that the GTEC has misled you. And that's why you are all up
11: in arms. But what they have done so, is the right thing. Uh, the, the good thing is that as soon as they did that, I'm sure they probably thought we we're not going to research or we're going to allow it fly. But we did a good job. From the last two nights, we decided that we will pick every single fee the University of Ghana has charged since 2018, 2019. And we've done that. And today we we'll put to you why they are misleading the public and they are lying. What have you found? Oh, this is what we found. We found out that in 2018, so I give you a typical situation of humanities, mm-hmm. MTGS humanities. Let me share with you the documents I have. So, the College of Humanities, College of Humanities, mm-hmm. in 2018 2019, continuing students for College of Humanities paid 1046,046 mm-hmm. Ghana cedis. Mm-hmm. In 2019 2020, it is adjusted to 1098, that is 1098. The, the percentage figure represented here is 4.97, almost that a, is almost so a five percent less than five percent. So, so that, that was in
1: order. That was an, good. Mm-hmm.
11: Good. Look at the statement released by the University of Ghana. They say, according to them, they did not increase the fees for 2019 2020. But they have, but they have. Umaru, this so is from their they website. They the do- document you have is from their website. The University of Ghana lied. Nobody has misled that. Pedal falsehood. Don't, just, use,
1: don't use lie. Okay, no, let me use don't we, say Whichever old, we use. An, an elderly person has lied. Uh, we, <laughs> so whichever use, we use is just a difference in grammar. Don't worry. Uh, but that. the
11: same thing Ghanaians understand. No, it's a pseudonym. It's nice. <laughs> so use it. Uh-huh. So that is what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we come to 2020 2021. The fees that was communicated by Investor of Ghana was 1235. That was the fees that was communicated. Then they went to parliament for an approval. Parliament said no. No approval. Mm-hmm. Go and use the same rates. No rate, Same fee. From 2019. Good. So they charged students 1098 again. So they didn't go up. Good. Yes. They didn't go up because the law did not allow them go up. So
1: this was 2019, 2019
11: 2020. 2019, 2020, 2020 mm-hmm. 2021. Twice. Twice. Okay. You have to stay at the same level. Okay. And so, so Parliament comes back and says, you're okay now. So on from that time mm-hmm. till date, Parliament has not given any approval for variation in fees. Okay. So what happens? What happens is that your fees will be stayed till there, now. Mm-hmm. And then this year, 2022, Parliament now grants you a 15% approval. You release a statement on 2nd January that says that you did not increase in 2019, 2021. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we have proven beyond reasonable doubt, and this is from their website, we have receipts from students sending us their receipts of the amount they paid. That proves to us that the, 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 the statement by the University of Ghana is inaccurate. What have we done at the end of the day? We've used the same University of Ghana document to prove to you that, indeed, they varied their fees. Okay. Now, you have
1: been making noise about these fee increases for the past well, few years. it's days. unfair
11: to say we are making noise.
1: You have been shouting. We have not been shouting. You have been fighting. No, we have not been fighting. You have been... What, sh- what should I say? <laughs> Use the right <laughs> You have been agitated and you have been raising issues about the increase in fees. And so you have been demanding that the fees fall. The university has come out to defend, and that's the University of Ghana. I'm not, uh, to be fair, I've not heard from other universities. University of Ghana has spoken. It is going to stick to its guns. What options are left for you as a student body?
11: <laughs> first of all, because the
1: like you said, the fe- for the first years, if they don't pay, the time would, would elapse and they would feel, they, they would do First music. of all, let us
11: put this on, let's say let's this straight that nobody benefits from being so insensitive to students and especially for our first-year students at the University of Ghana, mm-hmm. who are being subjected to such an unfair situation. What are we going to do as a university, as Nooks? As, as the whole world has seen what is happening. We won't communicate our next line of action specifically. But one thing is sure: Every single thing that the, the constitution of this country uh, provides as a protection against abuse by state institutions, especially administrative abuses, shall be explored by the National Union of Ghana students. Every single thing. This is an affront on parliament by some universities in Ghana. Mm. You've not heard us mention UDS. We, 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 we appreciate them so much. You know what UDS has done? They've stayed within the 15 and still allowed giving students the opportunity to pay 50%. That mm. is by all the northern universities. From Wa to Navungo to Tamale to Nyangpala. That's what they are doing. If we could act as such, do you think we, as students, will have a, a point to, I, to complain? I spoke to
1: the education ministry yesterday. I was given the impression that you guys have a meeting with them, or there will be a meeting on Thursday, including GTEC as well. Are you aware of that meeting? Are you yes, please.
11: yes, please. I, I also want to say that we appreciate the effort by the Ministry of Education, GTEC. Professor Salifu and his team have been very open in engaging us, and they have been committed to this. Unfortunately for us, we are constrained by time so we will keep hitting the minister himself met us on friday we need to also underscore that okay. um, director of tertiary education dr yaira also met us on friday and assured us that they are going to work on it i just spoke to professor salifu of JTEC. he assures me that tomorrow they are meeting five of the universities we were, we hear that university of ghana keeps coming back and saying that the the, the students are agree in, uh, uh, in like in tandem yeah, I agree with, with you. Uh, agree with them yeah. which is falsehood We've been with the SRC president the whole day. Um, it's not true. Okay. It's not true. Very well. What is true is that University of Ghana has put out a statement that is not accurate in facts, Very well. in reality, and okay. the students are not happy with it.
1: Let's leave it here. Thank you so much. So, um, Opong Checheku, International Relations Secretary of NUGS, and then uh, it's a Amp- uh, Pia Labi National President of Nooks. Thank you. I mean, just by way of silence, this is the first time we are having a Nooks president, one president. Oh.
11: Umaru, Umaru, Umaru,
1: Umaru. Oh, no, I mean, when they said the Nooks president, was kind of like, which of them? But I, I, I'm told that now you have only one
11: president. The National of Ghana student is one and has only one president. Congratulations for
1: fixing your own house <laughs> and then now fixing it. Not
11: said the same The way we came to visit him. He said, ah, have you guys finished? Solved your problem? Uh, you don't you don't so ma- make sure, sure make sure
1: when it's time for you to go you go without manipulating the system and leaving a mess behind umaru promise, umaru. promise. <laughs> put your hand on I mean, I, hand on chest
11: I have always given my all to this union
1: just so say have just your, say
11: that my that I, I I sure I do
1: hereby
12: pledge here that I will not leave behind in the studios of city <laughs> I will, city I will left 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 right. not leave behind a
11: broken nooks mashallah thank you so much thank you
1: my name is Umaru Sandamadu. Production by Bevelin London. Zoe Ado. Technical support from Daniel Squashi And Adrian Kwakufi was on the social media side of things for us. Thank you for listening. Eyewitness News returns tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening and have a good night.
0: News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 302 224959 and get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM and on Twitter at City973.